You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. This uh, morning I want to share on something that um, should lay the foundation um, for um, next two weeks of my teaching, I, I suppose, as of now. All right, and uh, I mean, I was invited somewhere to preach during the week, and uh, they gave me a theme, and the theme was verdict. And I uh, went into that subject, and I realized that there were, I mean, that's, I mean, I was already preparing for Sunday service when I was preaching. So I realized that in teaching on that, um, I felt that there was a background, because I saw some things in Scripture that I felt were necessary to see, before we get into the uh, next thing we want to talk about. It still has to do with the words that we speak, but I want to look at the nature of words and how and where we get those words. And what I want to look at today is something in the scriptures when God grants unto a man judgment. In other words, God gives to a person or the court of heaven, grants your judgment on an issue that you are going through or experiencing on the earth. Now, God's will for his body is that we are different members having different experiences in our spaces, and God wants us to bring forth his judgment, or what we'll call his verdict, on those things. So let's assume a person is in an office, uh, and going through some political things within the office, and uh, uh, men are behaving in a certain way, God wants you, as his point of contact, or the branch of the vine in that place, to bring forth the fruit of that life, and to manifest the judgment. Now, judgment doesn't mean something punitive. In other words, judgment can be given in favor of a person. It is the decision that heaven has made concerning that thing that is now binding on every single participant in the matter. So when the judgment or the verdict of God comes, it means the courts of heaven has made a decision. Now, what we've got to understand about the courts of heaven is this. When we saw things happening in Job's life, and these are where experiences and things come from, what had happened behind the scene was that when the veil was lifted, we saw that what caused all of those things was that uh, Satan one day came with all the angels into the courts of God, the outer court. And God asked him, so what have you been up to? Going to and fro the entire earth. He said, have you seen my servant Job? And there was a conversation in heaven. And it was from the conversation of heaven that experiences began to unfold in the life of Job. Now it's important that when things begin to happen and Satan begins to move within your space, that you go, you don't leave the matter unaddressed, or you don't go, you don't leave your life open, 
you'll go to the courts of heaven to get a judgment on that particular issue so that what God intends becomes binding on everybody. Now, in the book of Esther, we see that... Now, the book of Esther is the only book in the Bible the name of God is not mentioned. So it's a book that is built totally on what we call typology in scripture, which means types and shadows. So every individual there represents somebody, all right, in uh, the scheme of things in the kingdom of God. So the king was a type of the father, the judge, all right? Vashti that lost it was a type of Israel who was replaced by Esther, who then, all right, is a type of the church. Now we have Mordecai, who is a type of the Holy Spirit. Then you have Haman, their adversary, who is a type, all right, of Satan, the accuser of the brethren. Now get the picture. Haman goes into, because of time I don't want to go to because I made it, the outer court of the king and gets a judgment and says we want to move against all of the Jews, the seed, all right, of God in this land and wipe them out. Just like Jesus said to Peter, he said, Satan has desired. In other words, there's a motion in the realm of the spirit to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed to reverse this. Now, if you don't pray, then what he wants to do just keeps flowing. So you have to get God's verdict. Now, but Haman was in the outer court. Mordecai understood that we can reverse this decision the king has made if somebody can go into the inner court. So he said, Esther, you are the only one. Now you understand typology now. Which means now that the inner court has been opened up unto us, we can reverse anything Satan is doing. And that was opened up through the blood. He said, now go in and you go and reverse the effect of this. So what happened was, Esther entered into the inner court. And she said, except you are called, you can't go there. Now, because through the blood, we are now called to come in so we can enter in. He said, what do you want? And she got the judgment. And then they reversed the previous uh, letters of Haman. What was meant for evil, God turned it around for good. So what we need to do is to go into the presence of God and to secure the judgment of God, or else the accuser of the brethren, who accuses them day and night before God. He was operating in the heavens. All right? We'll have his freeway because we simply, all right, are not doing what we are supposed to do. So a judgment, a verdict is a judgment. A decision of a law court or a judge a decision on an issue that is binding on all participants in the matter. Our assignment as Christians on this earth is therefore to bring the judgment of God into this earth in situations we face to execute 
as it says in Psalm 149 and verse 9, to execute the judgment that is written. To execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all the saints. So the honor we have been given is to execute the judgment that is written in the book. Isaiah 42 from verses 1 to 4 tells us again about this judgment issue. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry. In other words, not making noise. Things are going on in the office, not crying, he's not making noise. Nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the streets. He knows what to do to change things. A bruised reed shall he not break, a smoking flag shall he not quench, till he has brought forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged, till he has set judgment in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. So our business is to get God's judgment and so pronounce that judgment into that situation and things all right now begin to take a new shape and things are reversed and then all participants begin to fall in line. An example we have is in Acts chapter 27 and verse 6 to verse 21. I just want to show one thing this morning. Just one thing about how to get this judgment. Acts 27 from verse 6. And there the centurion, here we know the story of, of, of Paul, they set sail, and all right, somewhere, uh, when he was held captive. And there the centurion found a ship, so the centurion took him. All right, centurion is like, a, he leads a brigade. A ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein. And when we had sailed slowly many days, and scarce were come over against Nidus, and the wind not suffering us, we sailed on the crater, and then over against Salmoni. And hardly passing it, we came to a place, all right, called Fair Havens, and went on towards the city of Lazare. And now when much time was spent, and the sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was already passed, Paul admonished them and said, verse 10, and said, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with much hurt and much damage, not only of the laden and of the ship, but also of our own life. So he said, look, I perceive something. But there wasn't kingdom government. Judgment wasn't there. So nobody listened to him. All right, now, and God gives us the opportunity to bring judgment. Once you bring the judgment of God on something, everybody starts listening to you. Now, look at what happened next. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship, which meant he went with the person that had more money. More than those things that were spoken by Paul, they neglected it. And because the heaven was not commodious to winter in, and the more part advised, so more people there said, let us depart, they set sail. Verse 13. 
And when the south wind blew softly, they supposed that, which means the wind looked like it was lying with their purpose. They had obtained their purpose. They loosed, and they set sail close by, close by Crete. But not long afterwards, there arose a tempestuous wind called Euroclidon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up in the wind, we let her drive. And then it says, running on that certain island called Clauda, we had much work to come by by the boat. And which when they are taken up, they used helps on the garden of the ship, fearing lest they should fall into quicksand, straight sail. And so they were so driven. Verse 18, and when being accidentally tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And on the third day we cast out our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, and all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Ah, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. Now, kingdom government had now come. You couldn't find the master again and the owner of the boat. He was in hiding because they had been on now. It's time for the manifestation of the sons of God. And not have loosed from crates where we won't have gained this harm and loss. Now I exhort you. It was bringing the verdict and the judgment of God. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the sheep. That's the verdict. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am, whom I serve, saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Which means everybody's life was secured because of the judgment or the verdict that Paul had received by going up to God in prayer. And that verdict was now binding on every single person. He gave them instructions because in the verdict you get from God, you'll have instructions on what to do. And then you'll have the outcome in definite terms of that issue. So he stood up and you have the responsibility now to pronounce the judgment publicly. Until you get that judgment, you are silent. Until that judgment comes, all right, you are quiet. You are not getting an arguing and say, look, I was right. Let me tell you my own story. Let me tell you my side. This is what happened. That's not the issue. The judgment of God will settle the matter. The verdict of the court of heaven over the thing will settle the matter. Joseph, you don't have to argue. And say that Potiphar's wife, you know, they arguing with the people and they say, we're carrying you, they will carry you. But you can go to God. And when the judgment and the verdict of God comes upon that thing, it is not that even Potiphar's wife came to apologize. He was raised up and he became the prime minister. That was God's judgment on the matter. So you have the opportunity. Someone says, I was cheated by somebody else in business. And run away, you can get the verdict of heaven on that thing. The verdict of heaven doesn't mean that you are angry and I'm cursing the person, you will die. My friend, don't do that. All right? It says if they take your coat, give them your cloak also. You go to heaven and get the verdict of God. Is it the death of the person or the harm to that person or your promotion you want? Choose one. 
You go to God and say, God, judge this matter. And then God in heaven now comes out and he will, I want to show the process of getting this judgment. And then he gives you the judgment and then you come out and you pronounce that judgment and that begins to make manifest right there. Paul did not say that, well, you folks are not hacking unto me. You will suffer for it. Do you see him say that? He said, all of you are coming under the grace of this judgment. All of you are going to abide. Did you see Joseph say, well, my brothers, you are the one that brought me, you must die. When they came in, they came under. He said, God sent me ahead of you. That's the judgment written concerning this. Let's be Christians. So you go up to heaven and get his judgment. All right? And I'm, 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 to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, many things I've, I've said is I just don't go into it. That people practice in calling Christianity came from the occult. In fact, I mean, even when people say, well, I want a minister's anointing. I mean, Bishop Rico was talking about this. I will give offering to the minister so you can pray for me so I can get your grace. This is occultism. How do we know that? There is nowhere inside the Bible Jesus collected money from anybody to transfer to the disciples. You see him collecting money from anybody. The only person that did it was a sorcerer. And when he saw Peter laying hands, he said, let this power also transfer to me. Here is money. And Peter said, your money perish with you. In other words, it's the way they did it in occultism that he wanted to do it to get grace of God. Paul said, when they saw the grace that was given to me by God, then they gave me the right hand of fellowship. He didn't go and meet Peter and say, Peter, this is offering for you. Can you lay hands on me and so that your grace will be transferred into my life? This was causing problem in the body. So how then do we get this judgment? All right, number one, a prayer. So I want to show how to get it. Because when you get the judgment of God, everything changes. All right? So I get into a place of prophetic utterances, that what I want to talk about. And that has to do with this, it's utterances that have come as a result of securing the judgment of God, not just positive affirmations or saying right things. Now you are saying the prophetic things, not just good things, but the very mind of God for that situation. All right, so the first, it's not hard, and I'll show you in scripture. The first is prayer here, Luke chapter 18, and verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men always ought to pray, and this was the essence of the parable, all right, you should be steadfast in prayer, and never stop or faint, all right, and get tired of praying. And he said, let me show you what continuity in prayer does. There was in a city a judge that feared not God nor regarded man. You know, Bishop Francois Luke was talking to me about something, and, and he was right. He just said, well, I went to preach somewhere, he also was preaching, and said, look, let's meet, and we got behind, and he was talking to me about something. He said, there is no way if we, he said, if you persist in prayer and press into prayer and stay there, God must respond. He said, God has to respond. All right? Now, this is what Jesus was saying. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him saying, avenge me of my adversary. All right? And he will not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, do I fear not God, godless man? 
nor have any regard, no compassion for you. What you are saying, I have no empathy. Yet, because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. So the Lord now said, hear what the unjust judge said. Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night? That is, let's even say, they have scheduled prayer morning and night over one subject. They are confronting an issue. And they are not haphazard about their prayer life, which means today you pray that you forget about it. Then three weeks again, you are not going to get results that way. Elijah didn't get results that way. He said you have to practice this, what Jesus was teaching, focused prayer. What is the issue? The truth about the matter is, if you meet any Christian, you show the, if you show the Christian one thing, what are you birthing into your life now? In other words, what are you pushing to happen from the realm of the spirit into this physical realm at this particular point in your life? What is the prayer, the faith project? What is it that you are praying here? He says, God, if they call day and night, look at the timing he put on it. He said, he said this, I tell you, he shall do what? Avenge them what? Speedily. Speedily there. It says, though he be along with them. Be along with them means that there are other things going on in their life that, you know, he, he's putting up with and forgiving. That's long-suffering. All right? He says, but with, even with all those things that he tells us, Elijah was a man of like passion. So he made mistakes. He, was, he had his flaws. But when he came to prayer, he understood persistence in prayer. All right? They stayed there on the issue there that you want judgment on this matter. In other words, God, I am coming. He says he will answer you speedily. I was listening last during the middle of night. Just um, um, Brother Copeland, he was teaching in his Branson campaign. And he was saying first things first. And he was talking about when they ran into, into um, um, well, he will call it debt now. Because they had incurred debt from their, from their television program. I didn't know about it. And he said he ran to six million. He said he went back into his cabin in um, somewhere else in America. He said to spend three days with God. He said it has never lasted longer than three days. From when he separates himself, he will hear God, what God has to say on it. So God will answer speedily, but you have to devote that time to prayer. It's not something that, you know, you're cooking. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, and then the phone rings. How are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's, you, won't, you, won't, you won't get it that way. All right? It's about devoting. It's about focused prayer. It's about something that has to turn for you on this earth. So rule number one there, focus prayer there, staying with the issue in prayer until judgment is granted. So the attitude is focused prayer. So you want to ask, what are you praying at this particular point? Because one answer to one answer to a prayer can change your life forever. One answer to a prayer can change everything forever. So the next thing is, what is prayer therefore going to produce? Daniel chapter seven. 
It will produce, because the judgment is written, Daniel chapter 7 and verse 21 and 22. I beheld the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against the saints. Same thing that was happening, all right? Haman was advancing against the Jews. Mordecai told Esther, listen, call a fast. Something is going on. She, she will say, what are you talking about? Change the clothes. Why are you mourning? And this is how some people relate to issues and just continue living casually that all is okay. All right? Okay? Which means that, I mean, you just everything is okay. Nothing has changed. And the horn is moving against. He's pressing against that particular issue to do something about it. And so it tells us, all right, let's go back to it, 21. It says this, the same horn and prevailed against them. So he was winning. Now, when did it turn? Verse 22. Until the ancients of days came and a judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And once the saints had judgment, came was given, all right, and the time now came that the saints possessed the kingdom. So the horn was winning until judgment was given to Paul. And Paul said, this is the judgment of God. And then he pronounced that judgment, all right, and then things began. So the horn wins until the ancient of days steps in and judgment is given. And when judgment is given, then the saints can possess the kingdom. Verse 25 and 26. I'm building this up so I'll go somewhere. Just one thing I want to say. Same thing about the horn. He shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, which means they start getting tired. And think to change times and laws and shall be given into his hand until the time and times and dividing of time. Verse 26. But judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume it and to destroy it to the end. So your issue is not about we are talking inside this office or we are talking about this or, or somebody uh, did something to you that we are discussing, your voice is not heard. You withdraw into your closet to go and secure the judgment. And this judgment, I'm not saying you are praying punitive prayers. God must punish the people. That's not what we are talking about. This podcast is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.